I told my wife she drew her eyebrows too high. She seemed surprised. <laughs> Jessica is not going to like that joke if this makes it. My friend said to me, what rhymes with orange? And I told him, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Party time! Excellent! Whoa! It's Saturday night. It's 5 o'clock. And it's party time! I'm your excellent host, Wayne Kent, and with me, as always, is Brian! Party on, Wayne! Party on, whoa! Oh, extreme close-up! Whoa! 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 You got your phone for someone to text us if we're doing it right? Oh, my. It's good to have you in our home. It really is. So the stuff we see in our community, in our nation, around the world, that's what we can see. But scripture says that we should focus not on that, it's real. All right. 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 All right, all right, all right. To that I say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how it goes. My name is Wayne, and I'm part of the pastoral team. I've got something to show you. Then working so hard, I'm pushing my card. Eight hours. For what? Oh, tell me, well, I've got, I've got this feeling that, that I'm just holding me. Damn. I could lift the ceiling, or I would up this town. Now I gotta cut loose, my foot loose, I'll flip Sunday, shoes. Please, less than pull me off of my knee. Jack, get back on before we were crack. Lose the blue. Everybody cut. 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 First of all, you should thank the tech team for doing a spectacular job. And secondly, if you didn't know, when Les had all those things on our faces, we didn't know that we were broadcasting. As I pushed play, this is the beginning of the um, um, 
pandemic, I pushed play and pushed a filter at the same time. And so we did 25 minutes of very serious spirituality with those faces. And we turned off our phones so nobody would call us. And the family was texting, well, look what you're doing, look what you're... I'm very glad you're with us today. To everybody in the East Auditorium and everybody who's joining us online and everybody here in the West, my name is Wayne and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we do some crazy things around here. And it's been my privilege to do that for a long time. I've been in full-time ministry since 1978. I was 19 years of age when I started full-time ministry. I started pastoring in 1985 in a small church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 44th Street Christian Church. They were the ones who kind of taught me how to do ministry in many ways. I stand on their shoulders. Uh, when I went, when Les and I took that position, I was the only staff member apart from a part-time secretary. So that meant if anything was to be done, it was my responsibility. So if the grass was going to be mowed, my responsibility. If the sh if snow season, I was responsible for the snow shoveling. I was responsible for cleaning the bathrooms and to vacuum the carpets. And um, I, 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 I always wanted the people to come into the church and think that things were taken care of. So um, we were a small family church, people would come in through the back door, not through the front door. And the back door was in the basement. And they'd come into this fellowship hall where it was tiled. And I would go up to the church on Saturday nights and buff the floors. And I don't know if you've tried that before, but, but it takes a bit, it's a bit of skill. And so if you don't do it right, it will dance you all across the floor, the buffer will, like this guy you're going to watch right now. Or he does. If you could hear the audio, we had to cut the audio because you can't hear the audio. Um, <laughs> And it will dance you all around the floor. What, what, he, what appear he didn't know is that actually to buff a floor, you push down ever so slightly, and it will move to the right without any problems, or lift up ever so slightly, it will move to the left. And in many ways, in, it, this has been the metaphor of what I have been doing for the last many years. How do you get a church to move to the right, to the left, or to move forward? With small, in small increments by just shifting up and shifting down. Because if you make big moves, everything looks destroyed. And so uh, it's really what I would think is what I've been working on for a lot of years now. I wanted people to walk into that fellowship hall on Sunday morning and see that the lines, the buff lines, were straight. And in, that's what I've been doing ever since. Are the lines about how we do pastoral care, are they straight? The people can see we're taking care of things. Are the worship experience lines, are they straight? Is church administration and preaching and teaching and leading? The list goes on and on and on about all that's involved in leading a church. Little up, little down, you move forward. That's been my job description for a lot of years now. There's a, there's a job description for pastors given in within Scripture. It's in Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to turn there, it'll also be on the screens. The Apostle Paul, one of the early leaders of the church, is um, talking about different titles and different responsibilities that are in the church. And he lists five. Some people call it four because they put pastors and teachers together. But nonetheless, you've got some job titles. And then he gives a job description. This is how it reads. Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to do what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So you can see the job titles. You've got apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And then you can see the job description. What is a pastor amongst those other people? What is a pastor to do? To equip, equip Christ's followers for works of service. In other words, Christians have something to do. We, we are to do works of service. And we are to serve. And the result of that service is not just for the sake of service, but beyond that service, which does have some benefits to other people, serving leads to each person growing closer and closer together in unity, along with each person getting a growing knowledge of Jesus Christ and spiritual maturity. And it's been my honor to be the pastor of this church for many years now. And we have other pastors on staff now that have, if you will, specific portfolios and tasks. But all of us who are on staff, and particularly those who have the title pastor, it's our responsibility to be certain that you are growing in your spiritual maturity, as are we. And so it's been my job to lead those pastors as they lead you. But as of today, my specific responsibilities to lead other pastors will shift from me to Brian Talty. I'll still be a pastor concerned about your spiritual well-being. Yes, I'll still be in the church, but now I will only lead as Brian leads me. And in a few moments, we will officially move Brian into that role. The elders and pastoral staff will lead you in prayer. And then we've got an action for you to take. We're going to ask you to affirm Brian's role. But it would be unfair to ask you to make that affirmation without some sort of understanding of what you're going to say ahead of, so you can know where you're going. So I want you to read uh, and see what you'll be stating later on in the worship service. It says this, that we, the people and congregation of First Christian Church, on the weekend of June 18th and 19th, 2022, we affirm the work of the Holy Spirit in our church. We believe Brian Talty is our next lead pastor as called by God. We will pray for his ministry. We will support his family as they support him. It's our intent to be a church of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ by growing and serving together, together with each other and together with Brian Talty as he leads us. And so we will make that pledge in a few moments. But before we get to that, I have some notes, um, some specific understandings for you as a congregation and for Brian about how we move forward in this. Um, I, I want to be certain that, for example, that m moving forward beyond the shadow of doubt, we will continue in our understanding of the role of Scripture in our lives as individuals in a church, and that we will let and allow and call Scripture to be our highest authority. Why? Because we've learned over and over again that God's story that life principles, that accurate theology, and that there's this, understand this, the Word of God, Scripture, has, is alive and active, and it's all, it's all found there in Scripture. And I know that's not always popular in a culture that worships. Our culture worships a diversity of opinion, and even worships competing so-called um, competing truths. I know our culture chooses to forego many of the lifestyle choices that Scripture promotes. I get that. And I know that following the Bible's approaches appear incompatibly viable with the 21st century. I get all that. But for Christians, the Bible is our rule of life. It is the catalytic and most authoritative source for understanding God and the role of Jesus Christ in our salvation. So I would charge, give you this charge, First Christian Church. 
Hold firm to Scripture's authority in your life and in our congregation. Scripture is the bedrock of our faith and the bedrock of our knowledge of Christ's work within us. And then coming out of that, Brian, here's the charge for you. Paul, an older man in the, in the, in the New Testament, one of the early New Testament leaders, is writing to a young guy, maybe 30 years his junior, a young pastor. He says, you young pastor, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. And do that with great patience and careful instruction. Preach the word. Brian, that's your responsibility for us. And with that in place, friends, as Brian opens Scripture to us, the elder team has asked Brian to speak and lead with some pastoral authority. And again, this is a little bit difficult for us to understand at times because we are Americans. We are raised with a Western ideology that's focused on personal independence and individuality. We have a national citizenship that um, gives us wonderful freedoms and liberties, and we all love that. And we all kind of have in the back of our minds somewhere, no one is going to tell me how to live my life. We threw off the shackles of a king in Britain telling us how to live back in 1776, more than 200 years ago, and nobody's going to do that. Yet, the body of Christ, the church, individual congregations, have a, we have a life together understanding. And that understanding goes far beyond Western thought. Because we do life together. And that same passage of Scripture that's in 2 Timothy where it charges uh, the young pastor to, to preach the Word also says, you pastor, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. That, mo that means there are moments, friends, when a pastor's voice must carry authority in our lives. A pastor must carry out all the duties of his or her responsibilities, and that requires a voice of authority. It's, not, it's never lording it over a congregation. Mm -mm. But it is serving with power. And so, Brian, lead us, teach us, provide counsel, at times correct us, prod us, inform us, challenge us, open Scripture to us, tutor us, and advise us all with the authority of the voice and the office given you by, by, by both God and this congregation. As Ray Stedman, who is a, far older than I am, a pastor out in California once said, the Bible, when it's speaking about pastoral voices, the Bible gives no thought of a right for anyone to command someone against his or her will. Scripture is very clear. We all have an independent, we have our own independent mind. But the clear thrust of Scripture is that leaders, he says, leaders are persuaders who have, whose ability to persuade doesn't come from a smooth tongue or a dominant personality. Instead, it comes. Our ability to lead and persuade comes from a personal walk with Christ that evokes respect. That's how Brian will lead. And I have one more note for us about all this yet today. But before I get to that, Brian, I want you to come up on, on stage here, if you would, please, and receive just a couple of uh, gifts um, that more or less speak to the issues of what we, um, we, we want to do here. First of all, this is my preaching Bible. Seriously, if you look, it's, it's, it's been, I had to cover it with gaffer's tape, which is the tape we use here on the stage, because the cover kept falling off. That's a problem. 
That's a problem. I don't know how long I've been preaching, probably a decade or more from this Bible. And you notice there's, there's paper clips in it from various sermons, and there are places where I said, read this, don't read Perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah. Pre-bookmarked. Pre-bookmarked. I always went for those in uh, college, too. I like those are right. already highlighted. That's right. So I'd have to figure things out on my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's your authority. That's your authority. And then, you know, in, in days gone by, clergy wore robes. This was a robe that was given to me when I was um, in my mid-20s. And it's, it's different than Jesus' robe, by the way. Remember that Jesus had a robe, and when he died, the, the soldiers cast lots for it. They threw dice or whatever to figure out who could get to keep it. Why was it? Because it was worth a lot of money because it had no seams. You're not Jesus. This robe has seams. <laughs> but in, in what for generations pastors have worn, we're not saying you have to wear this every week. But this is a symbol of the voice of authority that you will carry, all right? And then we have one more thing, and that is, well, a few weeks ago, oh, it was a couple months ago now, Brian uh, gave his illustration of what he does in the morning, how he has coffee, and he, he, he lets himself eat one donut over a week, pulls it out of the freezer, eats one bite, and then that's the photo of what, what, for his particular week. So we thought we'd give you a number of weeks of donuts ready. <laughs> but to get you started, we took a bite out oh, of all okay. of them. It's like a Bible with paper clips, just ready to go. <laughs> Gross. That one's ready to go, and you can have that. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. That'll wake you up. <laughs> I have one more note for us today um, about how the church is moving forward and how we're going to treat each other. We've discussed the authority of Scripture along with the authority of a pastoral voice. But those two aspects of authority, friends, they only work within the life of a congregation as they express to each of us living in mutual humility. And here's what I mean. 2,000 years ago, Jesus is gathered with his disciples at the Last Supper, the last night before he was betrayed and he was executed. And, and John, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, writes the biography of what happened. We call it John's Gospel. And in John's Gospel, he gives a scene that's happening at the Last Supper where they've come, they've been walking around Jerusalem throughout the day. They're, you know, in, in those days... It's not like today. They don't have Nikes to wear. Everybody's wearing sandals, if they have shoes at all. Maybe many of them are bare feet. There's no pavement other than rocks or, you know, there is some stones in the ground in some of the Roman roads, yes. But everything's dusty. And so by the evening, everybody's got dirt all over them, up, you know, sort of up to their knees almost. And in the story that John gives us, John is is at the table with Jesus, and they're, they're eating, and John says, and halfway through the meal, Jesus got up from the table, he put a towel around his waist, and he took some water, and he washed the feet of his disciples. Now, for us, in our 21st century, that's really weird, because we have Nikes, and we have paved roads, and we have bathtubs, and showers, and so on. 
But for those people in the ancient world, that was very customary what they did. What was not, what was not customary that evening was the fact that Jesus did it. In those settings, usually someone would come into a house and a servant whose name you might not even know would wash your feet. And so the fact that Jesus himself washed the feet of his disciples was what caught John's attention. Jesus wanted his disciples to learn servanthood. And we don't know this scene in our lives because in our headspace we go, well, I don't want anybody doing that to me. I, want, I don't want anybody washing my feet. That feels really weird. But today, in a moment of mutual humility, Rick McKibben, the chair of our elder team, and I are going to wash Brian's feet. And it's awkward. Absolutely awkward. Think about this. Touching and washing another man's feet, and it's awkward for Brian allow, to allow us to do that. Yet what I want you to see today is a biblical demonstration of a partnership of humility before each other. We are, in fact, in some ways, having a very public demonstration of a very intimate moment. And the purpose for this is to show this congregation how we treat one another. We've planned this worship. We've had a team working on this worship service for a long time now, a couple of months, in terms of what are the elements, what videos, and all that sort of stuff, including this washing Brian's feet. And I actually told him earlier in the week, a few days ago, saying, Brian, you need to know this is coming because as awkward as it is for maybe for somebody to wash your feet, it's going to be more awkward, almost, for you to have somebody do this to you. Because if this were you, friend, which would you choose to do? Would you choose to be the washer or the washed? Both require humility. Perhaps even more, if you could imagine, the one whose feet are being washed requires more humility. And I'm aware of this. In the days ahead, in the weeks and months ahead, you probably won't remember a lot of what I say here today. I mean, sermons wash over us and we think about them for a few days and we grow and I get all that. But I'm quite convinced of this. You will remember this. You will remember that on the weekend of pastoral leadership transfer, leaders of this, of this church showed mutual respect and humility before each other. We're going to see people washing and someone being washed. Brian, would you come forward to this point? Rick, would you come as well, please?
Ryan, it's hard to believe how many years I've been blessed to call you friend. Our friendship's now so old that it could legally get a tattoo without parental consent. And I'm thinking we should get one of Bedtime Bear that says right underneath it, send coffee, barely awake. When I think back at some of our most earliest times of us partnering together at the church, I smile. You know, we were just two young married men attending a social gathering of teenagers who are locked in a building overnight. Wait, that sounds very creepy. Maybe I should have just said we were working together at a youth lock-in. In all seriousness, it's been a pleasure watching your leadership and your influence at the church grow, but at the same time, seeing your humility and your faithfulness to God remain constant. Brian, may God continue to bless you with his favor, with his wisdom, and with his grace. Our family will continue to be praying for years, and we are rooting for you. God bless you, my friend. Hey, Brian, Jessica, uh, kiddos, and church family. Ann and I just want to thank you all for this opportunity to be in a small way a part of this big celebration as Brian, you take over the lead pastor role and then as the Kents move into new area, exciting areas of ministry, whatever they may be. So thankful that we get to journey with you all. I uh, just want to start out by saying, Brian, we uh, want you to know that over the past 20 plus years, it's been super cool for us to see you become this amazing, godly man. Well, and to add to that, um, how you've become such a good, patient, kind husband to Jessica, and how you genuinely put her first. Mm -hmm. I mean, we watch that play out all the time. Um, we've also watched how you've become such a wise dad with an intentional, clear purpose and the way in which you father and parent each one of the kids mm. so differently, but so uniquely special. Hey Brian, on behalf of all your friends here at Milligan University, I just want to say congratulations on accepting the call to be the next lead pastor at First Christian Church in Decatur. I know that Wayne has left some really big shoes for you to fill, but we are confident uh, that God is going to continue to do some amazing things through you in your new role. Uh, so just know that we are uh, happy for you. We're proud of you. We love you. And if we can ever be a support or a help to you in any way, just let us know. Congratulations. Brian and Jessica, we are so excited for this installation week and for you as Brian, you take on the lead pastor position at First Christian. As you know, there is something special about being at the same church for so long and establishing roots that grow deep into the ground and impact your life over time. Brian, I can remember the first week you arrived here at Hikes Point Christian Church and showed up from Milligan as an intern. Every day you wore sandals, even to church services. And your response for wearing those wasn't because they were comfortable or fashionable or even matching your outfit, but just simply because Jesus wore sandals. And you said, I just want to be just like him. That was hard to argue with. So I am not sure I ever saw you in anything else except for the day that you got married. And what a wonderful and memorable day that was. Brian, we are so proud of your ministry and the impact you and Jessica and your kids are making for the kingdom of God. You have become one of the best communicators of the gospel in the country. And First Christian Church is so blessed to have you leading the way into the future. Hikes Point Christian Church uh, here loves you. Uh, and we will be praying for you and wishing you the very best each step of the way. 
God bless. It's a big weekend at First Christian. Wayne? Bye. Brian? Hello. Welcome. Hey, Brian's a man with many talents. Does he play the keyboard? Uh, no, he doesn't play the keyboards like Wayne does. Huh. Um, but he's tall. Brian, he's, he is really tall. And he's, uh, he's got an awesome wife and great kids. And did I mention he's tall? Yeah. Uh, dude, you know I'm kidding you. You're an awesome communicator of God's word. You love your flock well. You love your family well. Brian, you're going to do great. Praying for you. Oh, we'd invite you to um, be people of prayer right now. The couple of elders and a pastor are going to lead us in prayer. And I invite you to join with us as we pray for Brian. Let's pray. God, we thank you and praise you for your blessings on our congregation for many years. This morning, we lift Brian to you as he begins leading this congregation into the years to come. We pray that you are continually his source of wisdom and motivation. We pray also for Brian's spiritual growth, be it in his personal time with you or through close relationships around him. We know that your word is alive and active, and we ask that you open it to Brian for his growth and for our development as a congregation through him. Protect Brian from spiritual attacks as he serves you and be his refuge when he needs. We pray against the discouragement of this world and that you would draw him close into your holy confidence. We pray that Brian would be filled with the Holy Spirit to speak the message of Jesus into our spiritual lives. Thank you, Lord, for the work you've already done in and through Brian and in advance for the work you will do in the times to come. Lord, we pray for the leadership of Pastor Brian. Lord, give Pastor Brian your preferred reality for the ministry of First Christian Church. We ask, Lord, that the vision that you have for the church, its families, its outreach, its mission to the community, and to the world will be clearly received by Pastor Brian so that it may be articulated with power and authority to us. We ask that, that we may receive Pastor Brian's leadership. May we be partners, Lord, to reach those outside the family of God so that Lord's holy and perfect love may be received by them even as it's received by this church, known as First Christian Church, that we may be blessed. In this we pray, in Jesus' name. Father God, as, <clears throat> as we look forward uh, to the days ahead, God, we ask that you will give Brian the wisdom and the discernment that he needs as he leads, God. As we... Uh, spend time praying for Brian's future as our lead pastor, we often think about what he will communicate to us, what he will say to us. But Lord, now we pray for what you will communicate to him and that he will be able to hear your voice clearly. Lord, we think about Brian's time and prayer with you as he starts each day. We think about his time in scripture as he prepares for weekly sermons. And we think about those moments, God, when uh, a friend or a fellow leader 
will just say something in conversation that, uh, that you mean for something bigger. God, all these times, give him a sense of stillness and quietness that will enable him to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying. Because Lord, at the end of, at the, end of the day, whether it's Brian or Wayne, or one of our other leaders, God, we want to hear from you. We ask that you give Brian the discernment and the understanding to lead our church down the paths that you have for us. So Lord, as we move forward in the days ahead, prepare our hearts. God, whether it be words of encouragement, words of rebuke, or challenges to follow you in new and different ways, God, prepare our hearts for the words spoken by you and brought to us through Pastor Brian. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And as we continue to pray, Leslie's coming along with Jessica and the kids, and Leslie's gonna pray for them. And uh, we'll continue to see how God's gonna work in all their lives together. If you don't know all these people, just Case and Camden and Cole and Callum and Jessica. Les, would you pray for us, please? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we as a congregation come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord and Savior. We thank you for this precious woman, Jessica Talti. We pray for her as she and Pastor Brian step into new leadership roles at First Christian Church. Father, we ask that she continue to grow in wisdom and in grace and in the power of your might. May she continue to be a beacon of your transcending love and light, a love that causes others to seek you and to know you. May she be girded with strength and humility, grace and truth. May she walk and rest in the strength that only you can give. Father, before she was in her mother's womb, you knew her, and we thank you for her heritage in the faith in Christ and her future, which passes your great name on to great generations. Father, we give you thanks for Brian and Jessica's future generations, for Cole, for Camden, Case, and Callan. We ask that they would grow as Jesus grew, in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. And it's in the great and wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. I'm inviting you to stand, friends, please, and let's read this affirmation of our understanding of what's taking place in our church today. And uh, let's read it together and affirm Brian as our leader. We, the people and congregation of First Christian Church, on the weekend of June 18 and 19, 2022, affirm the work of the Holy Spirit in our church. We believe Brian Talty is our next lead pastor as called by God. We will pray for his ministry. We will support his family as they support him. It is our intent to be a church of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ by growing and serving together, together with each other and together with Brian Talty as he leads us. Amen. Brian, congratulations, my friend. <laughs> the screen says so. Thank you, guys. 
friends. For the tall guy. Get that up. All right. Well, as Pastor Wayne and the elders and you all as the congregation of First Christian Church have charged me, uh, I commit to you that scripture uh, will be my final and ultimate authority on all things for me personally and, of course, for us as a congregation. Where we start and it's where we end. Uh, in fact, as I prepare to uh, preach or in writing a message, I'll often refer back to uh, and, and reflect on uh, the anchoring reality that uh, the authority of Scripture is ultimately our calling. It's my highest calling as, number one, I resolve to, as it says in 1 Corinthians, to preach and to know nothing except Christ crucified. And as Wayne uh, referenced here just a little bit earlier, to preach the word, to be prepared in season and out of season, to correct, to rebuke, to encourage, and with great patience and careful instruction. And so thank you that you, Ephesians 6, 19 through 20, pray for me also. That you pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador. And pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. And then when it comes to pastoral authority, I commit to, well, the authority of Scripture still, that as the role of a pastor, as it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says that I am to be a shepherd of God's flock, to care for that which is under my care, to watch over you, not because I must, but because I am willing, as God wants me to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve not lording it over those who are entrusted to me, but as an example to the flock, so that when the chief shepherd appears, we'll receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And so, together, we do this, as Wayne showed us in mutual humility. As 1 Peter 5, it continues on, that we would all clothe ourselves with humility, one toward another, because God, he opposes the proud, but he shows favor when we humble ourselves. And so may we humble ourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that we may be lifted up in due time. And so I'm thankful, I'm committed, I'm humbled to serve alongside of you as your pastor, uh, that as we discover together where God calls us together, whatever that may be in the days ahead, of which if I'm completely honest, I do hope it does not include any more public pedicures. But nevertheless, as Jesus' symbol demonstrates uh, that the washing of feet, it represents that we will accomplish the mission of this church as he leads us by the power of his Holy Spirit to humbly serve together and grow together that we might become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so to that end, let us all pray together. Father, we are thankful that the promise, the promises of your word 
uh, as we're gonna proclaim here momentarily, your promises still stand. That great is your faithfulness that we have witnessed in uh, pushing up on 190 years of story in the life of your church, your faithfulness in the past, that we live in now as a result of that in the present, and trust uh, in the, I guess, standing on the shoulders of that reality for the future that we believe that we will see you do it again and again, over and over again. We thank you and we proclaim it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. And so with that, I invite you to stand with me as uh, we really sing this prayer together to our great God in honor of his faithfulness, both now and forevermore. Would you sing together? <laughs>